Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So for today's episode, what I wanted to talk through um, is, it's like, in a weird way, it's almost like just a little reality check for fellow indies out there. Uh, I think especially in the Apple um, in indie scene. And it, it's coming out of a discussion from this week's uh, ATP, where John Syracuse, in his lovable, wonderful way, was completely eviscerating video playback um, uh, from almost every of the one of the major streaming t- uh, TV people. Uh, there's He has a blog post about this, but he also just sort of went through and he has these, you know, the table stakes for what a good video player in, you know, Netflix or Disney Plus or Apple TV or whatever those kind of video players should be. And in his discussion, he ended on sort of in a direction that was something that I feel like I hear a lot in our community and I've felt very strongly about years ago and have increasingly found myself moving away from. And that's sort of this this general high-level idea that if you design something with design as the focus, as the that, – that's your guiding principle, that you're building the beautiful thing that you'll be able to be successful. And if you, sort of the opposite of that in many ways is the – sort of these often disparaged kind of metrics-based, engagement-oriented type of business that you, know, you hear the stories of Netflix redesigning their player screen in some ways to make it less efficient, less easy to use because it increases engagement. If they take the you know things you've recently watched area and move it slightly below the fold so that you have to scroll down to see it and you have to see the other you know the other shows that are available in the player um, that increases engagement and that's sort of Often I would say in these, you know, in, in what John's saying, it's like that's a negative, that it's what he should, you know, they, what they should be focused on is making something that is smooth and efficient and puts the customer first and is optimized in that way. And I totally get what, what John is, is, is heading towards. And it's like I don't disagree with him insofar as that that is a wonderful, idealized, beautiful picture. But I think what I've seen in my own experience and in my, in my own sort of journey as a as a, as a developer is that focusing too much on that um, often leads to businesses and apps and sort of opportunities that aren't sustainable, that aren't viable uh, in the long run. And I worry a little bit that there's a number of developers who, who've not been able to make a sustainable, you know, so the economics of, the, of of their job haven't worked out because they've been too focused on making something that is beautiful and perfect rather than being sort of viable and uh, sustainable. And sort of it's like making making all of this preamble come out of podcasts. There was an, also a, a great little section where um, on Dithering where John Gruber and Ben Thompson were talking about how Microsoft was buying uh, Blizzard Activision. And he was, t- you know, Ben referred to Microsoft several times as like they were, that they were killers in, in, in the sense that they were just really precise, um, like economically driven, able to really execute well, you know, businessmen. And in this case, it was because the way that they've structured their business with, um, you know, X, 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 Xbox Live or Xbox Cloud or whatever, where they can have a subscription service and they can just, it doesn't really matter where you play as long as you play and then they'll make their money. It's like they went sort of the other extreme and they sort of focus on that and 
it's not really about the design. It's not really about the platform. They're not building this artisanally crafted gaming experience. You can play it in a web browser if you want. Like they just want to make their money. And there's a tension between those two things. And it's not that you need to go all the way to one or the other. Um, but it was just something that John said that really just kind of stuck with me that younger me really thought that that was what it mattered, that building beautiful things really was the thing. Like if you imagine it's like if the end goal was you know, winning an Apple design award, like that's the, the apex of this. And I feel like the number of Apple design awards that didn't result in sustainable businesses is probably unfortunately high. Um, and the number of you know indie developers who went down that road and didn't win an Apple Design Award, didn't get the prestige or the accolade of that, but instead just ended up with something that was beautiful and was enjoyed by a, a, hand, you know, a handful or a small group of people, but didn't end up actually turning into something that they could have focused on if they'd instead had a little bit more of the sort of the analytics driven, making sure this is good engagement, making sure that it's actually hitting market and having a sustainable thing. It's like, and John says it himself. It's like what he wants in some ways is the app, the, you know, the app player that just shows him exactly what it wants. And then you get to the end of the show and that's it. It isn't like trying to lead you on. It isn't trying to keep you going on it. Um, and in some ways that could be a, a slimy thing. It could be a shady thing. It's like you could, I think, do it in a respectful way. But having that be a primary focus is, I think, valuable in its own right as well. Yeah, I, I think indie developers like us, you know, many of us came up uh, in the business, you know, reading things like Daring Fireball and, and being part of that, that like indie Mac community mindset, uh, you know, kind of, you know, admiring companies like Panic that make really great high polished software and, you know, and like, you know, really value the user experience. Um, you know, the, the whole, and the, you know, the whole like delicious monster generation, like all that, like a lot of us came up during that time where like nice UIs, nice design, um, and, and user focused priorities as opposed to like business need focused priorities were considered like the pinnacle of everything. And I think what a lot of us missed and, and still continue to miss is that making things really nice for the user like that. I've talked before about how this is almost like an an indulgence for the developers or the designers responsible. It's great when you can make things really nice for the users. And if you can do that while also satisfying the business and marketing needs, uh, then great. Um, But that's not always the case. And merely making something really nice is not sufficient for success. Sometimes that sometimes you can be successful with something that is really nice, but making something really nice does not automatically bring you success. I have so, so many times we've all seen like really great apps that were made with incredible care, like truly, you know, handcrafted details, you know, custom animations, beautiful design, you know, perfect interactions, super high respect for the user. And we've seen these apps come and go because they they didn't have strong enough businesses behind them, basically, that, that you know, they, they made something really super nice that a few of us really, really loved, but that wasn't enough to spread to the wider market or, or that was a really nice implementation of something that just not enough people really needed to be solved. Uh, or something like that. And so often we've seen these things go under and it's really sad when that happens. I mean, you know, we see this in the real world. Like sometimes you have like a really great restaurant that, you know, that the food is amazing, but because they're just not very good business people or maybe like the market fit just isn't very good, 
that even if they make really amazing food, they can still go out of business. And that happens all the time. Um, and, you know, it's, the same thing is true, you know, with apps that we can we can spend a lot of time on something. But just because you spend a lot of time making a really great version of something doesn't mean enough people want that thing. Uh, and and putting in a hard amount of work, that's, you know, you, you can pat yourself on the back. And be like, I worked really hard on this. Uh but that doesn't matter to the customers or to the market how how hard you worked on it and and a lot of the things that we think matter or that we hope matter like how nice of user experience something is matters a lot less to the market in reality than we wish it did and so again if you can achieve both if you can make something that fits the market really well uh that is also nicely designed and and respectful of users and and provides great features then that's great that's a great place to be, uh, but that it should be prioritized accordingly with its actual impact to your you know, actual business and ability to do this thing in a sustainable way, uh, as opposed to being the primary thing. And that's where so many of us get it wrong. So many of us will spend months or you know tons of money or resources or time making something like polishing some part of our of our apps or our businesses that that you know that would just make it nice. And a lot of times that just cannot be justified by the business. And and in many ways, like, you know, a lot of us have worked, you know, day jobs for companies that had better priorities for their businesses. Uh, and we rebel against that. We're like, oh, man, I, I can't believe the company is not letting me, you know, take another two weeks to polish up this experience to make this really nice. Instead, they're making me leave this crappy thing in place and move on to something else because they can't justify, you know, spending all that time on that or whatever. And and we think like oh we're 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 gonna do it right in our in our side projects or whatever we're, you know we're gonna really you know make this a labor of love and polish the crap out of this thing, and then our side projects don't go anywhere, <laughs> then then they fail because oh it turns out you know for that to succeed we needed we needed to treat it more like the business that it was. Um, now the this doesn't apply to everyone's definition of success. You know if you if if you're trying to make something that's a beautiful experience or really nice in some way that is not highly valued by the market, that's only a failure if you don't need the market to value it. If you're doing it like truly as a labor of love on the side, if you don't need to make money from it, then that's a different story. But most of us need to make money from our apps to to keep justifying pouring effort into them. Uh, and so, you know, if that's your goal or your need then you have to treat apps more like the businesses that they are. And sometimes that requires making unfortunate decisions like, you know what, I, I can't actually afford to spend another two months polishing this design, or I can't actually afford to rewrite this entire thing in the newest framework or API because I like that from the code perspective, and maybe it'll it'll be cleaner and nicer. Like, you know, sometimes the market just does not value that kind of stuff. And it's better to recognize the reality of that early on and embrace it in 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 ways for what it is good for um because there are some upsides to that kind of thinking um but you know rather than being disappointed that the market which largely does not value quality didn't value your quality yeah and i think the thing that about it that i would think why this really stuck with me that when i was hearing john talk about this was the sense that it's like what i want and what i think would be best in like the abstract for the ecosystem in which I make my living is for there to be a higher proportion of people who care about design who are successful in this 
ecosystem in this in this sort of this you know this, this world in which I which I work in which we work and in order for that to be the case I think more of them have to be it's like more more developers who care about design have to be able to sustainably make a living from it because labors of love are great in terms of it's like making people who make art or paint pictures or do things like that like there's an element of it that it is purely an expression of something uh, inside of you and if it can be financially viable great if not whatever but in order for that to really have a sustaining presence in the app store it needs to be a sustaining thing and so i think it becomes incumbent on developers to try and have these two perspectives and hold them in an appropriate amount of tension rather than getting too sort of focused in, in one side or the other, because otherwise what you end up with is an app store that is full of people who are only interested in engagement, in metrics, in squeezing every penny out of their users, et cetera, who don't care about design. And you end up with a platform that isn't as nice. It isn't as good. And I'm not advocating that that is a good thing, but I'm trying to sort of moreover point to point out that if you don't have both of those things, you'll never, will never be able to get into that place where there's a higher proportion. And a lot of ways I think about some ways about Apple with this. And I feel like early in my career, I would see Apple as only the design focused, like, Ooh, they're the one who just makes the, sh- the, the, the shiny finished product, right? That, that, that was the thing that it's like, Ooh, I want to be Apple like, um, whereas the reality of it's like a lot of Apple is success is because they are just absolutely shrewd cutting business people who are very good at extracting money out of people who are very good at about at, you know, designing things in such a way that they're good enough and good enough is great. Like they, what they, what they do build is solid and good for the most part, but they don't get too mired down in the weeds and it's very often i feel like what they've done which is genius and something that i try and see in my in my own work a bit more is if they hit a hard problem sometimes they'll just ignore it and say oh we just don't we'll just leave it as a third-party opportunity (laughs) you know it's like all of the stuff with the photos app where it's like the photos app essentially is completely ignores the fact that you might be in a family that you might want to share like photo i have a shared photo library or things like as an example these things where these like these are really hard difficult problems that have would have really challenging solutions technically and visually and design wise and very often they're just like oh we just don't do that and we just move on whereas i feel like so easy they'd be so easy to get sucked into that as this really interesting nuanced design problem or you know it's like trying to solve things um, for the edge case rather than solving it for the mass case um, and if you solve for the mass case, which is very often Apple's solution, it's like you end up successful. If you then also charge for it, you're not afraid to charge um, a high amount for it, and you sort of value your work in that way that you don't you're not, that you're not bashful about um, monetizing it to you know so to to a large degree. We are brought to you this episode by Hrefs. So. Do you want more Google traffic? Maybe you're struggling to rank, not sure what to do about it, and the idea of hiring an SEO agency might be outside of your budget. Your solution is Ahrefs Webmaster Tools, and it's free. And this is not a 14-day free trial or anything like that. It's just free, period. And it's super powerful. This is a super powerful tool that will do a full website audit for you and keep working for you. Ahrefs will scan your site and prioritize precisely what you need to fix to improve your search results. So you can see which keywords your pages are ranking for, understand how Google sees your content, and discover how making changes can blow up your traffic, which could do a lot for your business. 
it's time you started getting Google to work for your business. Go to hrefs.com slash webmaster tools to get the free tool now. And this is spelled A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. Hrefs.com slash webmaster tools. Our thanks to Hrefs for their support of Under the Radar and all of Relay FM. And I think to get slightly practical for a second, too, something that I was thinking about, like, where is a turning point in my apt career that I think sort of this applies to? And I feel like it's the way that I approached advertising um, in my apps. And, it, it, you know, we, you, you and I have ended up going in a different direction with this, Marco, where you do your, <laughs> own, your, your, your own ads. But I feel like I went down originally when I was build, building products that were free, I didn't have any ads. I just, I didn't like the thought of them. They're ugly. They, you know, it's putting content that isn't my content inside of my beautiful, you know, inside of my beautiful app. Why would I do that? Then I tried to do a homegrown ad solution for a while for one of my old, old apps that didn't work very well. It was a nightmare. And then at some point I just, just like, you know, like I'm just going to put ad mob ads in or which, you know, it's ultimately became, you know, Google ads. And I did that. And suddenly my business became viable in a way that was a tremendous struggle before. And I don't think that was a bad choice. I think it was a good choice. I think that making the business sustainable in a way that, you know, the rest of the app I could spend, have now have tons more time to allow me to focus on polishing and getting better and have a sustainable income from, and I'm aligning my, you know, my, my design goals with my cust- with my business goals because if I make a better app that people want to come into more and more, they'll see more ads, so I'll make more money. Like all of those incentives aligned, and it just was me moving away from the fact that oh, ads are bad, they're not pretty, and sometimes I'm, if you open my app, you're going to see you know it's like ads that aren't beautiful, that are just you know for the local car dealership or whatever it is that is you know functional and. and sort of there because it's relevant potentially to that person, but isn't beautiful and are handcrafted. But that's how I make, you know, that substantial, if not majority of my income at this point. And it was a choice that I struggled with and agonized over for a long time and way more than I should have. I think in retrospect, I wish I'd, you know, sort of embraced ads with two hands um, much earlier. And I think my business would have been better as a result if and I would have been able to spend more time sooner, um, you know, focusing on making my apps and the other parts of my apps better. Yeah, because, you know, I, I think the the culture that we came up in, as we were talking about earlier, of like, you know, like the old Mac indie software scene, um, that worked because at the time, Macs were still, you know, pretty specialized things that like the majority of the world wasn't using yet. I mean, they still aren't technically, but, you know, they were much smaller than they were today. And indie Mac software could sell for like $50 or more. (laughs) And, you know, trying to apply that same business model and expectations to today's market of iPhone software is completely different markets with completely different rules and you know now what is expected what is commonplace has changed you know what is commonplace now is free apps up front that make money either with ads or with some kind of in-app purchase scheme (laughs) that's that's what the market is for iphone software today it is it does not work the same way as old mac software did um and even mac software barely works the way mac software did (laughs) now Uh, and and you know like we talked um a, a while back 
we talked about those those like rate my app dialogues that everyone throws up and i i mentioned how like you know i've been making this this promise in overcast setting screen since 1.0 that said overcast will never interrupt you for ratings and i was talking then how like i should probably take that out well i did and i now have this <laughs> i was thinking like because i, I want to start prompting for ratings because again like i i get killed in my ratings numbers um be, just because i'm you know i i was never doing this and and people's expectations over time shifted and now no one cares about those boxes anymore and so i actually have this uh, this amazing pro- this property on my user models now in the up- upcoming version of my app that is a bool titled can prompt for review without breaking old promise <laughs> that's perfect and i check the user creation date uh, and and if and because I I the last version I shipped to the App Store removed that promise that I would never interrupt you for ratings. And so if your user account was created after the release of that version, in the future, whenever I ship the next update, I will start prompting you for reviews at some point. Um, because I realize, like, yeah, that you know, business changes. Like there used to be a time where apps checking their servers for updates was considered a violation of trust it was called phoning home and it was very unacceptable to do especially without asking now apps communicating with their own servers for pretty much any reason is totally fine no one cares it's expected it's commonplace you can communicate like even apps communicating back to their own servers for analytics uh is considered so commonplace and boring that no one even thinks you have to ask for that anymore um you know so people's expectations and standards shift over time and ads are a great example of this you know apps that have ads in them that would have been considered really trashy back in the old mac indie software days Uh, and i don't know of any apps that did that were well regarded but now apps that have ads in them that's so incredibly common and expected nobody cares it's no longer the mark of a bad low quality app now there are different kinds of ads there are crappy ads and that that can certainly make your app look crappier um but the concept in general of having ads in your app um is is no longer considered this like low class thing that makes your app like impossible to ever be considered a nice app that's just those expectations are are gone now and if you have an app that is that can only be used by paying money uh, you're you're going to have a substantially smaller customer base, and you're going to have a much harder time sustaining your business over time, and, and that's that's just the reality of today's market. And I think it's it's valuable to never consider any of these things so precious that you can never change direction on them. Um, you know, keep in mind that customer expectations will change over time. They always have. They always will. Uh, what is acceptable has changed over time. What you need to do to sustain a business has changed over time. Um, and leave yourself room for that. Like, you know, my, like saying in my settings cell that I would never interrupt you for ratings was a mistake. Like using the word never was not wise because things change over time. That was, I wrote that probably eight years ago. Uh, and, and that's, that's not how things are today anymore. And so now I have this ridiculous exception that I'm I'm trying to accommodate my never to the people I showed it to, but not future people who didn't who never who I never promised that to. <laughs> and 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 you know there's and there's other things that, that I'm probably going to change in the future too. Like you know in the past I've been very critical of using push notifications as engagement vehicles to like get people back in your app. Uh, but the reality is people expect that, 
and it's fine. And so maybe I'll start doing that in the future. Like right now, I don't think I would do that, but maybe I would. I don't know. And and I'm not going to say never <laughs> because I've learned that's that's unwise and that's not that's not how to run a modern uh, business in a, in a in a wise way. Yeah, and I think too, it's just this this fundamental thing that you have to understand. Like if you do, if your goal is to run a business that is going to provide a sustainable long term income. There are certain like business fundamentals that have to be sort of addressed or uh, understood or have a plan for that. I think I very often in the old, like in the earlier parts of my career, I would just, I, I look back and I, my plan, my, like my business plan was make something nice, put it out in the world. World will like it. Like that was all I had. It, it was just, if I make, you know, this is the, if I build it, they will come kind of a, an approach. And increasingly it's more the sense of it's like, how am I going to get new customers? Which if in like the fancy, like salesy word, it's like, what is my sales funnel? But it's like, where are people coming from? How are they going to find out about my app? Once I get them in my app, how am I going to make money from them? And how am I going to sustain that income from them over time? Like, if I can't answer those questions of like, where are my customers coming from and how am I getting money from them? I don't actually have a business. I have like a wish. I have a hope. Um, and it, that, that's just a different mindset that it's easy to ignore, that you have to be able to answer those two questions before you have a, a viable business. And if you don't, and if you just want to make something pretty great, but it's it's a different thing. And it's not something that like, yeah, and it just, it just frustrates me because I feel like I wish... I feel, I'm sad for all the indie app developers who sort of did, weren't able to make it their their full time career. Like the, the loss that is a loss, I think, for the world because there wasn't enough sort of flexibility in the things that they could be flexible in. Um, and you know, there are some developers who I think have made some incredible indie apps over the year that I truly admire, and that I was always sad when they sort of transitioned into you know, like now now I work for big XYZ corp, um, because I couldn't make it as an indie. And it's like, so often it's because they made amazing things, but didn't, weren't able to answer the business questions that they were making something amazing and just sort of hoping for the best. And that's just, that's sad and that's disappointing. And I feel like it's a solvable problem to some degree that focusing more on these things and having a lot more flexibility, um, about these things and not saying that, Oh, you know, that's yeah. Like don't look down on an opportunity to make money if it's not immoral. Like in that in that way, if it's just a, a question of taste, if it's just a question of, you know, where you fall on is, is like, is it interrupted? Is it where you know, is it user hostile or things like that? Like, don't be hostile, but maybe be a little annoying. Like, that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's like user annoying development. I don't know. Like, I feel like so often that's fine, and that's actually better if you're able to annoy people. In a, you know, it's like asking anytime you ask someone for money, it's probably a little annoying. You know, and being okay with that because if, if you don't ask, then they won't give you any money. It's like ask, you know, this is, I was remember a couple few episodes ago, I was talking about in pedometer plus plus where I had the means to, you know, remove the ads from the, from, from the app. And it was like buried deep in the bottom of the settings thing that you could give me money and take the ads away. And I changed it. So that I put that button right on the home screen next to the ad. And suddenly all these people were taking advantage of it. It's like, <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, I, I probably should have just done that all along rather than feeling like oh it's like, I'm, I'm just it's like, it's like a little shameful asking for money over here i'm going to do it over in the corner and just sort of like you know it's like if you're going to have a tip jar like put it you know front and center on the 
on, on the counter next to where people are buying their stuff. Like, don't hide, you know, have, have a tip jar over in the corner on the way to the bathroom and just like hope people are going to see it. It's like, no, just put it somewhere and have a plan for that. Yeah. And, and if, if you can do a successful business that, that gets, you know, that sustains itself with any of these mechanisms of possibly, you know, possibly being a little bit in, in people's faces or a little bit annoying or whatever, if you can do that while also satisfying your business goals and also making something really nice, then that's great. Like, and, but keep in mind who you're doing that for. Like the market, it, like take a look at what succeeds in the app store, go to the top charts. How many like nice handcrafted apps do you see there? It's not going to be a large number. I think you're lucky if you find any most days, but what succeeds is different from what is nice. And if you can achieve both as an indie developer, then that's great. Do that for yourself, for your own satisfaction. That that's that's why we make nice things. We make them for ourselves, not for the market. If we can make something successful in the market nice, then that's that's a, that's purely a bonus on top of that, and that's for our own satisfaction, our own professional, you know, desires or whatever. But the business side of it has to come first. Otherwise, you will not be able to to keep making the thing that you want to make. And I hope that more of us can. And I think it's 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 just that that's the part of this part of this that I feel like it may sound come come across as me being a bit pessimistic or negative. But it's like I think it's such an opportunity for so many people who are talented designers and developers to take a ad like just dial up the business acumen sort of slightly aggressiveness part of their part of what they're making. And then suddenly they can do it sustainably. And then suddenly it can be a living. And suddenly they are unleashed from, you know, nine to five work and able to f- do this in, in a sustainable way. And that is such a wonderful, exciting thing for, uh, for the community, for the app store, for just the universe in general. That I think uh, that's the exciting part to me. And so that's, that's, if you take anything from this, that's the message I'm hoping for. It's like, be hopeful, be open and flexible about business. And it, the, the reward is being able to make the things you love in a sustainable way indefinitely into the future. And all you have to do is swallow the uncomfortable reality that your old boss might have been right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.